RSN's Racing Pulse. Great to have your company this morning. The Big V kicks off at 11 o'clock today with Sean Cosgrove in the saddle. Time now for the post-mortem at Mooney Valley and uh, David Gately on holidays doing a sterling job filling in his shoes is Trav Noonan who is here for the post-mortem from the Valley on the weekend. How are you, Trav? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Michael. Uh, it was a good summer's meeting on Saturday. I think the form ran pretty true. Uh, Peter Moody to the fore, the ladies to the fore, winning a number of races and, and the favourites generally performing as we expected. I suppose the only hiccup was, uh, I think he was your key too, and a lot of punters thought he would win, was Ice Picnic, but he's well and truly in the forgive file after pulling up lame as well. Yeah, he was obviously a forgive, as you sort of pointed out, because he pulled up lame. He also raced really wide and couldn't quite get across, so wasn't the day for Ice Picnic. But, yeah, the meeting itself probably shot pretty straight. Um, horses like Shuffle Dance are able to win and pounding a lot of well-backed horses. Um, you know, unflinching earlier on in the day. I think typical summer's meeting, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's no sort of performances on the clock that have um, completely screamed that they're going to be going uh, anywhere, you know, too deep into the, this uh, sort of upcoming autumn racing period. Or if they do, they need to improve a little bit. But, yeah, some solid performances out of Saturday at the Valley. And I think the big tick as well was the track played outstanding. Mm. Uh, Marty Sinan and his team there for... You know, a reasonably hot day, um, firm track, railing the true, can play on speed, but you could you could win from practically anywhere there in the valley, race shape dependent. Is the one horse, if you could take uh, any out of the meeting, uh, Shuffle Dancer, who was just utterly dominant? Yeah, it'd have to be her, I think, Michael, uh, Shuffle Dancer. She's just building this really good um, CV. She's now had the five starts for those two victories and... Uh, this preparation, she's been outstanding in every run. I was really interested in Peter Mooney's comments post-race uh, as to whether they, you know, sort of push on to this next part of the, well, the, the upcoming sort of autumn-summer carnival with races like the Angus Island Asco and the Vanity and uh, maybe a race like the CUNY Stakes, or do they put the, you know, sort of uh, release the accelerator a little bit, come back for a, a freshen and have a, a look at the Australasian Oaks. So... Um, it's a good problem to have because she's certainly good enough, I think, to be aimed up at those sort of races. Uh, I thought just the way she handled her opposition on Saturday was, um, yeah, really good. She's a filly going places, that's for sure. And that race is rated pretty well for the three-year-old. So that's probably the, the highlight race of the day, I would say, um, inside the class. So, yeah, a good performance from Shuffle Dancer. Your D-Day horse was Ain't No Deal Done. And he certainly stood up on Saturday. He did. Uh, and he was given a really good ride from Mark Zara as well. Um, I'd be taking note of Mark Zara when he's going on horses for the first time inside $11 in Victoria in the Metro. Um, I did the stats on him uh, sort of during the week, and they're just incredible. Um, very profitable when he's sort of jumping on horses um, yeah, in that sort of price range for the first time. And I thought he delivered an absolute peach on Ain't No Deal Done. The race sort of changed complexion when they came down the side about the 600 with... Blake Shin taking off on Highland Jack, and uh, he's just so proactive. He's not really, I, I would say, uh, Mark's just a proactive jockey. He doesn't He's not uh, someone who sort of gets caught missing the boat too often and just was able to tag up on Highland Jack and then come round the turn and rides the valley so well um, when he can swoop round the bend. And Ain't No Deal Done uh, was good enough to, to sustain that run, and uh, he, he too's put in a good performance. I, I heard post-race they're probably going to find it 
another similar race at Flemington in a couple of weeks' time, I think on Lightning Stakes Day, and then perhaps they could maybe try him at 2,400 metres, um, this preparation. He's certainly going well enough to suggest that uh, he, they could raise the bar a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he was a very good performance on Saturday, and uh, I think that race as a whole will work out okay. There was a good run in behind there in that race, a horse I want to follow perhaps even if he goes to a country cup in the next couple of weeks with Zoltan uh, getting back towards the inside uh, horses only recently joined the Dean Bernays team. I thought his effort was pretty good. Were there any excuses for the nephew? I know he wanted to almost race uh, a bit fiercely early on. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. Um, but he was, I thought slightly disappointing. I, I, I sort of talked on Mark Zara's ride and I thought Mickey D had him in a really good spot considering he drew barrier one and, he just didn't finish off like he did last time at Soundown and even the run before at Mooney Valley. Um, yeah, perhaps he just had an off day, but he is becoming costly for the punters, that's for sure. He, he starts well and truly in the market at most of his starts. So, um, yeah, but perhaps just an off day for him. Yeah, we've got an SMS saying, should we sack the nephew off that? <laughs> oh, I probably wouldn't, given he was he was very good the two starts prior. And he most of the time he's a very genuine racehorse. Horses can put in a bad one and... Um, it's often better to be on the forgiving side of a horse like that. And the, the potential now is he could drop back in grade. And, and, you know, we know Patrick Payne's so good at darting horses over to Adelaide. And uh, perhaps he does that with the nephew to get a confidence booster. Gee, you're a lot more forgiving than Gator. Uh, Gator gets the guillotine out very quickly. So, <laughs> uh, What do you make of the two-year-old race? How did that rate? Yeah, I, I was sort of surprised when I looked at the rating Sunday night. I thought it would have rated a little bit better because they've uh, run really good overall time in the sort of one eleven thirteen. But the race has come home a bit slow. Um, Hamua hasn't put down really a uh, convincing sort of rating in either of his two wins to date. But I sort of get the feeling that's maybe not his own doing. He's been in some slowly run races and he's had to. He's sort of done what he's had to at Mooney Valley. I really want to see him on a big track. And I heard Damien Oliver sort of post-race talking that he'd be better with blinkers on. And I'd, I'd sort of like to see him with the blinkers on as well. I think he'd focus a lot more. Um, I wouldn't yeah, sort of be um, suggesting he's not, not capable of measuring up in races heading towards the Blue Diamond on his two runs, but the market's probably going to be against him his next start because he hasn't run much time. Yeah, I thought Meg's Magic ran a nice race, and I do think that some people call me as a, as a horse to follow. Uh, I think you might have even said earlier that he's a horse that could be um, wanting a bit more ground, so the further the better he looks. Yeah, I'd say definitely a horse who's going to be better over further. I heard Kieran Ma during the week last week with you, Michael, and he seemed to have a good rap on the mm. horse, um, Probably a horse that I would be sort of thinking is going to do his best work at three. Um, you know, maybe a race like the VRC size produce, maybe third up with the the way the Ma used to stable might be a goal for him. I don't think he's sharp enough for races like the Blue Diamond. But, um, yeah, that was an encouraging debut. And Meg's Magic, uh, there's not a lot between the fillies at the moment. I would um, probably charm Stone's the real highlight two-year-old filly down here in Melbourne. Um, I certainly would be suggesting they should at least running one of the, the prelude in the Blue Diamond and just see where she fits in because she did find the line really well. SMS coming through. Should they have led on Hennessy Ladd in the last uh, and take luck out of the equation? Well, I, yeah, I went back and watched this race on a, on a few times, Michael, and I don't think the option was really there for Ben Mallon to lead. It's, the horse has got to get out of the gates well enough from barrier to 
to do that. And I thought he there was just a few horses that were just going to cross him instantly, Caesar being one of them. And I don't really think uh, the the possibility was there ever to lead her. And then from that point on, Ben was just dictated to by by the race shape. And, um, and that's what can happen with, with it. You know, those inside barriers. If you don't get the luck, it can become a, a very hard watch. And obviously he was a clear forgive. He just had no luck there back on the inside. But I personally don't think the option was there for Hennessy Lad to lead because he just didn't jump away as quick as some of the others in the field. Uh, the best race of the day was the pounding race. Beautiful ride, Jamie Carr, pounding in a in a rich vein of form. Did they maybe just overdo it a touch in the lead on Savannah Cloud, who might have been a touch vulnerable at the mile? Yeah, I sort of thought that visually, looking at the race and sort of uh, dissecting it on Saturday's coverage. But then going back and looking at the sections, I think she's rating pretty well, Maddie Lloyd, to be honest, and... Um, corner pocket with Tom Stockdale. They sort of controlled the race and um, they got a, a decent breather between the eight and the 600 and even the six and the four. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sort of um, going to subscribe to that theory. I think Savannah Cloud's been racing perhaps um, inferior horses to the likes of corner pocket and pounding. And I do think he's maybe better suited at 1,400 than 1,600 metres. Um, but the race has gone uh, reasonably well. Uh, they've come home strong. I'd say a horse like Pounding now has to sort of step up and he, he's going to pay the penalty a little bit for winning the last couple of races with his handicap rating and now he goes up in the weights. The big difference on Saturday was that six kilo swing between Pounding and Corner Pocket. I thought Corner Pocket's effort was terrific. He's going exceptionally well. I think race like the Carline Cup on CF4 Stakes Day at a mile at Group 3 level, I think it's at set weights. would be a perfect race for him next start and um, I'd want to be with him in that race and Big tick as well for the third horse, Ascension. I wasn't mm. sold on him this preparation. Um, you know, he won an average Woodford Cup at Warrnambool, um, but he's produced a really good run there, and uh, he's, he's a horse you can definitely follow because he's um, in the right sort of rating band to, to definitely pick up one probably next start. Unflinching got the job done for favourite backers. Uh, it was a, a nice ride by young Amy McLucas, and, and I think he's become a bit more tractable too this time in. I... I, I thought he settled really well outside the leader and he was strong in the end yeah he, he won a i think a race with a bit of limited opposition behind him but uh he was definitely good and, and I, I think you're right he's he's come back this preparation a more mature horse he could over race a little bit in his three-year-old days but that's kind of be expected with um a maturity and age on his side now he's getting to sort of the the autumn four-year-old uh, he's going to be hard to beat in a lot of races at Mooney Valley, but I, I think that sort of benchmark 84, benchmark 90 is, is probably his level. He's not much better than that, but um, there's plenty of races for him at Mooney Valley on those Friday nights um, heading into the, the carnival. So he's got plenty of more wins in store, that's for sure. Who are the couple that you've got etched in your black book out of Saturday that we need to follow? It's uh, a good question. I, I sort of think there's there's a couple of horses that we sort of want to be following. I mentioned Corner Pocket. I think he'll be... Hard to beat next start, especially goes back to stakes racing. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that Carline Cup would be a great race for him. Uh, another horse I sort of want to follow is, is Sacred Palace. I thought his effort behind Dance to Dubai in the seventh was really good. Uh, they've run good time there for the class. They sort of went even to the 600 and then sprinted home. I just think he's completely ready to win third up. Um, perhaps even on a, a bigger circuit than Mooney Valley. He goes well at the Valley, but his racing pattern means he's, he needs a little bit of luck. 
Um, but yeah, I think he's really ready to win. He's probably the, the main horse I want to follow out mm. of the meeting, uh, okay. Sacred Palace. And just, oh, I want to ask you about a couple that went around on Friday, the rapid racing meeting. Uh, it was a nice debut from uh, Theorem, the uh, end of a Juice of Hovick, uh, horse in the first. Yeah, the, the ratings um, that myself and a lot of uh, experts, well, that's probably a bit far. I don't want to put myself in that term. You're an expert. <laughs> form, Come on. <laughs> form analysts use is uh, punning form. I haven't quite got the uh, times through for or benchmark times through for Flemington, but just looking at the raw times, you bang on. Uh, Theorem's produced a huge performance on debut. He's ran the quickest last six, four, and two of the entire meeting, um, finished off like a train. And yeah, he's, a, he's an exciting horse for EJ. And um, not sure. You know, he's, he's kicked off in a maiden, so he's probably eligible for a midweek race next time, maybe at benchmark 64 level. Uh, but I think the form from that race in general will be very strong. The second horse goes well, Triotto. He'll knock off a maiden soon. And Song was very well supported by the market, just got a little bit lost by himself, sort of uh, leading the outside division. Uh, I'd stick with him on the back of that performance as well. I think he'd go back to maybe maybe Pakenham for that future Stars series and be pretty hard to beat in the c- coming weeks. And that small and wave looked very smart winning the second uh, as well. Yeah, she did, but unfortunately for connections, um, she, she bleds. Yeah, so she's going to have three months off the sideline, which is disappointing because um, she was yeah ultra impressive leading all the way there, which is a tough, tough task, you know, when you're a horse only having your third start at Flemington. Um, big fan of the second horse there, Songa. Um, Rory Hunter sort of has done a really good job with that horse. He can he started 100 to 1 there on uh, Friday, but he's run a terrific race uh, back to sort of a benchmark 64 in the country, maybe on his home track at Mornington. He'd be very hard to beat. Trav, you've been outstanding. Uh, the Gator has got some concerns, I think, uh, after your performance, <laughs> I don't think uh, so. performance last Thursday and today as well. Uh, really appreciate you helping us out. No worries, Michael. Good on you, Trav. Trav Noonan there with his post-mortem for the Valley on Saturday.